Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I'm so excited you've tuned in. Today's program is brought to you by Trost Marketing. Trost Marketing is the marketing and printing solution for your business. Find out more at trostmarketing.com. Here at the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, inspiring, and developing young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. Each month, you'll hear from an experienced and practical business leader from the state of Oklahoma. This month's speaker is Ken Surrett, founder of Water Is Life. Inspired by his backpacking days, Ken began working with a water purification factory to create the Water Is Life portable straw filter. This world-changing product was designed to bring clean water to children, their schools, and villages in 40 countries worldwide. Let's listen to Ken's inspirational story and how he decided to start changing the world one drink at a time. My name is Ken. Um, I am the founder of Water's Life. Uh, we uh, found um, that uh, God was opening up some really cool doors in uh, the water space and began uh, to try to make a difference in countries around the world. Uh, I got a chance. Uh, I'm going to say a special thanks to Matt and Jose and the guys here that put all this together. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, he's a member here as well. He actually put us on the OR, uh, OERB commercial uh, as an in, put me in as an engineer. I am not an engineer, okay? Um, I am the dumbest guy in the room. I brought the whole IQ of this room down about 10 points just walking in. And so, you know, I appreciate the compliment, Paul, but, you know, you know, truth, you know, truth in advertising here. Um, I, uh, I had a chance to uh, last week go uh, to a Rotary Club that I uh, go to quite often back and forth. Uh, they've become partners with us on a lot of well projects. And um, I told them, I said, you know, I want to start something uh, today that is a little different. And I want you to I want you to, to go with me. Do you guys remember some of you older ones will uh, Mr. Peabody and the Wayback Machine? Do you remember that? And he, uh, put your hands up if you're now you guys, you got to remember the Wayback Machine. You're in you're in my age group here. All right. Uh, cartoon, you know, the Mr. Peabody, they get back, they go back in time and all that kind of stuff. Well, I want you to go back in time with me to a commercial that aired about probably 20 or 30 years ago. Do you remember this? So we started with the question, what do you want on your tombstone? And so I went through and I got a whole bunch of different tombstones that I found along the way. Everybody knows who my Blanc is, the guy, uh, Bugs Bunny and, and all those guys. The, 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 that's all, folks. Um, Leslie Nielsen ended life with a fart joke, of all things. Um, Rodney Dangerfield, well, there goes the neighborhood. I think he was famous for saying that. I will not be right back after this message, Mer Merv Griffin's uh, famous tagline. Even Lassie has a great uh, tombstone. Uh, unfortunately for those of us in Oklahoma City, this is a, uh, a, uh, a tombstone that uh, we're not real proud of anyway. Um, this guy, apparently his life was not that great, but um, this sucks. Um, I, I thought this one was hilarious. My wife, Eleanor, author... Uh, uh, Eleanor, author of Queens, lived like a princess for 20 years, traveling the world with the best of everything. When I went blind, she tried to poison me, took all of my money, all my medication, left me alone in the dark, alone and sick. It was a miracle I escaped. I won't see her in heaven because she is surely going to hell. <laughs> anyway, we, we found all kinds of really funny ones. Uh, this, this one I thought was hilarious. This is what the sister said about her brother, you know? I hope your tombstone says a whole lot more than that. Here lies good old Fred, a great big rock fell and hit him on the head, you know. Uh, of course, we all know that the Blackberry died a long time ago. And if you want to get in and see Steve Jobs, you just slide to open, right? Um, 
I love this guy's. I told you I was sick. And um, I, I think I've seen some of you guys running around with T-shirts or your wives like this one. Uh, this guy, he loved bacon. Oh, and his wife and kids, too. We're still looking to find this dude. Um, I, this one kind of says it, uh, the one, one picture is worth a thousand words here. Yeah. And now you've always wondered where, what happens to you if you don't forward those 10 messages to 10 of your friends, though well, that's what happens, um, is, uh, is, you, is you get left behind. What I, what I want you to do is, I, uh, if you have a chance, um, we, uh, we're very tied into social media. Uh, a lot of things that we do. So if you have a cell phone, and you, uh, I'll throw it back up again later on. Follow us on Twitter. Join us on Facebook. We'd love to have you as a friend um, just to share some of the cool things that, uh, that are happening around the world. We've got uh, teams currently right now in Haiti. And uh, they're tearing it up down there. We're drilling some water wells, uh, doing some well repairs, and, uh, and having some fun uh, at the same time. What I want us to do today is I want us to take a look for just a few minutes at our world as a village of 100 people. Okay, I'm a real simple guy. Like I told you, I'm dumber than a bag of hammers. So um, for me to understand 7.5 billion people around the world, it's hard for me to understand that. And so let's boil it down to a village of 100 people. I want to tell you a couple of things about that village. First of all, 61 would be Asian, Um, 13 would be African, 12 Europeans, 9 from Latin America, 5 are from the U.S. and Canada. So of our village of 100 people, 5 are from the U.S. and Canada. So that makes us represent what percentage of the world? 5%. Good. Don't get cocky because I asked some third graders that on Friday and they got it, okay? So um, don't don't be too proud of yourself. But a lot of times what we do is we look at the world and we think the world looks just like we do and yet the world is actually very very different and so um, 51 would be male 49 would be female 75 would be non-white 25 would be white 67 would be non-christian and 33 would claim to be christian which i think is an overstatement Um, you 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 tell a fruit uh, you tell the tree by its fruit and i've got to tell you there's a lot of that 33 percent i'm not seeing it 80 would live in substandard housing. How many of y'all, when you lived in the dorm, thought, man, this is the biggest dump I have ever lived in in my life. It stinks. The guy next door just... I mean, we, but you know what? 80% of the world will give anything to have that crap hole dorm that you lived in at college. 16 would be unable to read or write. 50 would be malnourished, and one would die today of starvation. 33 would not have access to clean water. And even more than that, 39 wouldn't have access to improved sanitation. 24 would not have electricity. And of the 76 that did have electricity, the majority of those would only have it for a few hours at night. Now, many of you guys have traveled all around the world and you've you've known that by experience. You've seen that where people at maybe seven, eight o'clock at night, all of a sudden the power comes on for a couple hours and there's this phenomenon that happens. It's really cool when you see it. Everybody runs with their cell phone and their camera or their computer and runs over and tries to find some place to plug it in to get charged up for the next day. But uh, that's the way most of the people around the world is. They don't go to the light switch and flip it on. They don't go to their faucet and turn on the water and are able to get it. They don't think about um, the things the same way that we do. Eight people would have access to the internet. One would have a college education. One would be HIV positive. Two would be near birth. One would be near death. 48 would live on less than $2 a day. And 20% of those would live on a dollar a day. Now, 
when I go to schools, I like to, I like to take them up to the Happy Meal menu at the McDonald's, you know, and think about what could you get for two bucks that would sustain you for the day? You know, and maybe a fish sandwich and a Coke or uh, some, you know, Happy Meal and something else, you know. So they start putting together these combinations. But you know what? That's not just food, but that's food, clothing, shelter, education, transportation, everything. Two bucks a day. Half of our world lives on less than two dollars a day. 80% of all the sickness in the world is there because of waterborne disease. We could simultaneously, in fact, I sat with um, some of the VPs at uh, Johnson & Johnson recently, and I said, you know, guys, I know that you're big into hospitals. Last year, you gave over a billion dollars to hospitals all around the world in goods and services and even in money. I said, but you know what? There's one thing that we could do that would empty out the majority of those hospital beds around the world. Bring clean water. And they looked at me like I had horns. And then all of a sudden, the lights started coming on. And Johnson & Johnson is now getting very involved in the water initiative and uh, in helping out with, uh, with some of the work that we're doing. Dirty water kills more kids than war, malaria, disease, traffic accidents, all these things uh, combined together. Uh, Mother Teresa put it like this. says, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Um, recently, she was, uh, she was uh, declared a saint. Um, uh, she's one of my favorites. I actually married, am married to a Mother Teresa. Um, my wife is, uh, is one of those gals that uh, is just like her, has a huge heart uh, for helping others. Uh, one of the things that uh, has been one of those guiding tracks in my life was a statement that I heard when I was in high school. And it was a, a statement by William uh, 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 Sir Winston Churchill. He said, you can make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. And think about it. You are, you are young entrepreneurs. You are men and women that are changing the business topography of Tulsa and the surrounding area. You have a chance to build into the DNA of your company an opportunity to give back, an opportunity to make a difference and an impact. It may not be water. It may be something else. What are you passionate about? Those things are the things that you need to tap into to, to make a difference and make an impact around the world. In John, 1 John 3, 17, it says, If anyone has material possession and sees his brother in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in him? I believe that it is our responsibility. As a country that represents 5% of the world's people but consumes half of the world's goods and owns half of the world's wealth to be able to give back and to make a difference in the lives of the people that can't help themselves. Today, there'll be almost a billion people that don't have clean water. Today, 6,000 people die because they don't have clean water. 5,000 of those are kids. And so what we've done is we've developed some things that uh, are great for kids, that help, uh, help them with the uh, water situations that they're, that they're dealing with and, um, and come up against. I, I want to tell you about a tipping point in my life. Um, there were three, there were some things that happened. I was reading three books at the time. Um, yeah, I think it's ADD, you know, you get started on one and, you know, you kind of get beat up by it and then you go on to another, you know, and, and so I was reading three books actually simultaneously and, um, and then two questions and then one calling. So the, the tipping point in three, in three books, um, if you haven't read the dream giver, great book, Bruce Wilkerson wrote it. It's a simple analogy, and then he brings it home with some application at the end. A dynamite book. I highly recommend it. Um, not a hard read. Chasing the Daylight. It used to be called uh, Seizing Your Divine Moment by Erwin McManus. Dynamite book. 
Um, Erwin McManus, in the middle of the book, he's uh, talking to a gentleman, and the, uh, the statement that he made to this guy, this guy's trying to make a decision about some really important things, um, good things, but he's taken months and months and months and months just agonizing over this decision. And Erwin McManus sets him down and he says, man, just do something. Do you think you're big enough that you're going to screw up the sovereignty of God? You've got something there. Now, think about it in your own life, in my life. The biggest screw-ups that I have made, hadn't God used those to bring great good and value to other people? He has. He has in your life, too. Do something. Um, I, am, uh, I am classified as a ready-fire-aim type personality. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm the guy that goes, ready, blah, 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 blah. oh, yeah, we got to aim sometime here. Okay, yeah. then we zero in. Just make a kick at the cat. Go, go do something. Make, oh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to. You're in the Methodist seat, by the way. Um, you will be sprinkled on before the day's over with. Um, and then Don't Waste Your Life was the third book. Um, this book totally wrecked me. Um, John Piper wrote it. Uh, incredible book um, about um, taking the time that God has given us. And the thing that I talked to um, the folks, I didn't share all this stuff with them, but the, at the Rotary Club with the, um, with the tombstones, was there's one thing that's very similar in each one of those tombstones. Did you notice it? There was a beginning date, there was an end date, but there was a dash. And it's that little dash in the middle is where your and I's lives make a difference. And remember, Winston Churchill said it, you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. You're going to make an impact in a life by giving as opposed to receiving. And um, again, if you can integrate that into your company in some way, into your own practice personally, uh, I guarantee it'll change your life. Uh, the, the second part was two, two questions. Um, uh, I think Ivanka Trump attributed this to some uh, personality this week on Twitter, which was uh, hilarious. Um, but it was actually by one of the uh, Jewish elders many, many years ago. He says, if not you, then who? If not now, then when? For me, um, I was... Uh, bouncing along on the back road, coming back to Nairobi, watching these kids begging for water along the way. And I mean, just overwhelmed with all of the experiences and things in, that I'd, I'd been a part of and trying to process that. I got back to the Ni uh, hotel in Nairobi and I'm standing there. And I mean, it's been a... Now, Steve, you know me. Steve, Steve's, uh, Steve and Chris were actually kids in my youth group, one in Tulsa, and then uh, Chris was here in Oklahoma City. Um, they, uh, they'll tell you, I'm the clean freak. I am the guy that does this. Hang on. I am this bad. I carry Purell with me everywhere I go. Okay? So, two weeks, I haven't, had a, I haven't had a shower, man. I'm really looking forward to the shower and really excited about it. So, I'm warming that sucker up. And, I mean, steam's starting to come up. And, Man, my pants, they're up running around all by themselves at this point, and I'm watching the water go down the drain, and I mean, God hits me over the head like a ton of bricks, and he says, Ken, water is life here. The people you just left would give anything to have the water. You're just letting go down the drain. And at that point, my paradigm shifted. That was the tipping point. All of these things God used to bring me to this point of decision. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? There is some things in your life that you may be at that tipping point too. 
Man, if I can, if I can uh, give you some counsel, it would be just exactly what Erin McManus said. Just do something. Do you think you're big enough to screw up the sovereignty of God? Take a try. Give it. Think about Thomas Edison. How many times did he fail? And yet, after that 10,000 and first time, he was successful, and we're enjoying the benefit of his failures and one success today. Failure is not the worst thing that can happen to us. In fact, sometimes it's the absolute best thing that can happen to us. So, Water's Life was born standing naked in a shower in Nairobi. I know that is an ugly, ugly mental picture, but um, this is what the rest of the world is dealing with. We're actually uh, drilling a well here. This is in uh, southern Ethiopia in the Omo Valley, an area where it's absolutely forgotten. Uh, they dig holes in an old riverbed, and they dig down about 10 or 12 feet, fight the fly, or those are actually bees, and the animals to get the water out, and that's the kind of water that they get. Um, so right now what they're doing is they're using a little straw filter that we created, and I'll give you a little video um, on a little bit of background on the straw. Behind me was the very first well I ever drilled in Africa. It was just a few months after I'd gotten back. Started telling some of my friends what was going on and about what God had done in my life, and they said, hey, let's, uh, let's go see what we can do. We drilled that well. The kids there at the orphanage where that well is, it's one of the first orphanages that we built in, uh, in Africa. The kids were still getting sick, and we were going, man, what's going on? We, you know, we drilled this well. It's got great water coming out, or at least we think, we did, think it does, and, you know, or it did when we left. And so we retested the water. Uh, it was fine. We started figuring out some of the things that they were doing, changed some habits, um, going from an open top like a paint bucket um, to a closed mouth jerry can where people have to pour the water out, cuts contamination rate by over 65% um, just by that one thing. Because the temptation is, is, hey, when you see a bucket of water, go down and get you a drink. Well, you're, whatever's on your hand just contaminated all of the water. But the kids were drinking out of a uh, stagnant pond out behind the school. And so I said, man, we've got to come up with some ways that we can, uh, we can come together. We can use some old backpacker technology. I'm an old backpacker from way back when. And, um, and we started... Um, uh, manufacturing uh, water filters that um, kids can use that'll give them three liters of water every day for a year and um, uh, provide uh, uh, life-giving water for them. Uh, creek, creek stream, mud puddle, I've drank in all kinds of things, even toilets on uh, television. And yeah, my mom disowned me after that, but uh, that's a whole nother story, okay? Um, but for, for us, we use a lot of different kinds of technology. Um, this, is a, this is a Band-Aid. We know what it, it is. It's a short-term solution. But we have some longer-term solutions, some home systems that provide um, tons and tons of water uh, for people uh, in developing areas. We also drill a lot of water wells. We even have a, a solar-powered, wind-powered water treatment plant that will do 5,000 gallons a day, which is enough for about a, a village of about 1,000 people. Um, I want to... I wanna, uh, uh, share with you uh, one of the cool things of social media, and that's why I ask you to, to help us out. Uh, we had a, um, a group come to me. Uh, in fact, I visited with him uh, just last week, and I'm going to go out and see him again. Uh, Matt Eastwood um, was with a group called DDB. Mean, it meant nothing to me, but it's one of the largest marketing companies in the world. Some of you guys that are in that space may, may know who they are. Um, and so he calls me up, and so I'm Googling him while, and the company while he's on the phone with me, 
and then the initial, the initial conversation turns into, I want to help you. And so generally when somebody from a marketing company wants to help you, guess what they want to do? They want to actually help themselves to your wallet, not you. And so I said, no, look, Matt, uh, you know, I appreciate what you guys you know, are, are saying. You know, thank you for all the comments and, and positive uh, you know, messages that you, you, you've relayed to us. I said, but we don't have a huge marketing budget. We can't afford He goes, no, Ken. He says, you don't understand. We want to do this for free. Well, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box, but my mom told me free is your friend, okay? And so I said, well, man, I don't know what that looks like, but let's go. And so he got his team together, and they came up with a cool idea. Let's hijack a hashtag on Twitter. How many of you guys have heard of the first world problems? You know what a first world problem is? What, what are they? Give me, give me some examples. What's a first world problem? My boat broke down. You know, a boat is a hole in the water you throw money into, right? Okay, yeah. I got no Wi-Fi. Yeah, I got no cell coverage. What else? OSU lost. OSU lost. <laughs> and OU sucks, right? Uh, right? Okay. <laughs> um, what else? My, my, phone car, my phone cord's too short. I mean, all kinds of things that we whine about. The people in the third world, they would just roll their eyes over because there's a lot more important things. So what we did was we took the hashtag first world problems. We created a commercial and then some subsequent commercials behind it. Um, I'll let it speak for itself. First world problems, hashtag killer. This is the results. And you may have seen this, and I'll tell you a little bit about it after Water we get done. Is a charity that deals with the, uh, the campaign there was, uh, was pretty incredible. It, uh, it has brought uh, total change uh, to the folks there in the northern part of Haiti. Uh, again, um, you may be at a tipping point in your life. You may be at that crucial crossroads where you think, man, what do I do next? Just do something. Make a difference. Make an impact. And make your life count for something. Make that little dash between the date you're born and the day you die mean something significant. Um, I appreciate your guys' time today. Uh, there's a lot more things and a lot of stories that I could tell you, but we don't have time. Uh, if you want to sit around after here, we can, we can uh, chat a little bit afterwards. But, uh, guys, I really appreciate um, you all letting me come here today, and uh, thank you. Oh! I want to show you one thing. This is, this is the new version of the straw that's coming out. It's smaller, lighter, faster, and does more than the big ones. So some cool stuff on the horizon. Uh, I'll keep you informed of it uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks a lot. I hope you've enjoyed this month's message. If you live in the Tulsa area, be sure to join us next month for a free lunch and another great speaker. We meet on the second Monday of every month at Tiamos at 61st and Sheridan at 1140 a.m. For more information about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, visit www.ybtok.com. At the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, we are building leaders for a lifetime.